Welcome to ATL and 29, the podcast that looks at the NBA from the starting point of Atlanta. My name is Kevin Chenard. I'm here again with Tyler Jones. Uh, and it's been a while since we've talked about the Hawks. So uh, last night they played the Lakers. Uh, the last two-minute report just came out and said that it was not a goaltend. I think that's the right call. Uh, but at the buzzer, Tyson Chandler got a piece of Trey Young's underhand scoop near the rim, and he just he got barely a fingertip on it, but it, it was definitely enough. And uh, the Lakers held on to win by a point. What were your uh, What were your initial reactions to that game? Uh frustration you know they were the better team down the stretch they probably should have closed it out but you know they made some they made some uh mistakes on both ends of the floor that ended up costing them that uh you know they probably let the referees get in their heads a bit too much um that last play by Trey Young it was the right play if anything you probably need to go a tick sooner but I mean it was a great play by Tyson Chandler really can't you know it's no, it was a great play. It was just a hell of a so play. When, like, yeah, when you say I a mean, tick sooner, Trey, do, you mean, gotta, do you mean start the drive yeah, sooner tick, or get the floater up sooner? Yeah. No, a tick sooner, start the drive sooner just because then, uh, you know, Tyson has something to think about because, you know, I read the uh, the the piece that uh, in The Athletic on the Hawks by, is his name Chris Kirschner? Kirschner. Kirschner, yeah. Mm-hmm. So on his piece, subscribe to The Athletic if you're, you know, fan of sports in general. They got a lot of great content. But anyway, um, you know, he put on there that Tyson Chandler, basically he read the clock, so he knew that Trey Young just didn't ha- wasn't going to have time to pass the ball to Amari Spellman, who was opening the corner. And so there is just one of those things where, you know, while – I mean, even so, it was the right play in that Trey Young got a good shot, uh, Tyson Chandler – had to make a great play and he did, but uh, if he went maybe a hair sooner, it would have put a little bit more doubt in Tyson Chandler's mind and maybe Trey would have got that floated down or got a goaltend at least. But, you know, in the end, you know, it was a great, you know, great game from him and, you know, the Hawks showed some pretty good fight. Uh, I, I, so want, didn't show I want to say Friday like, I want to say like a hundred good things about Trey Young, but uh, maybe starting with a negative one here. Is he too dependent on, floating that that shot around the rim underhanded as opposed to you know maybe more of a overhanded kind of elbow bent in the in the middle of your chest kind of floater i mean he's good at it i don't know why he needs to change it like, well, i mean it gets blocked money. a lot doesn't it i mean uh does it I mean, there were at least well, three I, I, haven't, I haven't checked the I haven't checked the numbers, but he was okay. shooting like sixty percent at the rim. He doesn't need no. to change anything. I mean, he's accurate. Like sure. it, it works. Okay. Uh, I, like Tyson Chandler made a great play. Like I'm not talking JaVale about those three. two. I'm talking about the other. There was one where actually two by Javale. One I think was a goaltend, but then there was another I mean, one, one was where clear goaltend. Right, and then the other one was the one where Javale fake autographed the ball with his index finger and 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 Trey nutmegged him one point two seconds later. I mean, you're going to get your shot blocked. It happens. Sure. You know, if, you know, defender makes a great play good on him, you know, next time you just pass it and, you know, you just do another counter where you pass it, uh, right. you know, or do another hesitation. Just, you know, that that happens. I don't I don't think it's really a problem. You know, you're 6'2", and you're making 60% at the rim. And I, you know, it's not really 
you know, it's it's one of those things where we're, you, I I don't see a reason why he needs to change it. Like you're going to get your your shot blocked. It's sure you know, uh, really, I don't know. It's <laughs> I you know I also you know I'm not really I'm not that high level of basketball player. I'm not. Trey Young knows a bit more than I do. Well, sure. When uh putting up shots at the rim like that, right. so it's just one of those things. I mean, and it's one of those things that if he changed it too, like it would probably be a step back in the short term, but maybe in the long term he would get better at it. So it, it's tricky. Yeah, but his floater is. I mean, again, like it's a great floater. It goes in. It, right. You know, floaters are, are hard shots to make, and right. Um, actually, uh, Nate and Danny had a. You know, when they were doing their pod, they talked about. They talked about uh, Luka Doncic's floater game, how good he is at it. And, you know, it reminded me that, you know, the reason why he's good, so Luka is so good at it is because he, he, uh, he's such a threat to pass the lob up to DeAndre Jordan. And you can see a similar function with Trey Young in the sense that, you know, he's such a great passer that he, he puts doubt in the defender so they can't really commit. So he's really, when he's getting these floaters, He's getting off great looks, and, you know, it's causing them to make a higher percentage than what you would typically expect from a floater because a floater is just – in general, a floater is an inefficient sure. an inefficient shot. Like, sure. it's not as good as a jumper. Yep. It's not as good as a layup. But it is a shot that if you're, you know, a small in this league, you know, Trey Young 6'2", that's not – it's not as small as people think. You're going to have to end some positions that way. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you, yeah, or you're just not going to be, you know – just not going to work, but um, right. yeah, that that's no, why the goaltend was disappointing. Like the one, it was it was disappointing because one, Trey Young absolutely cooked LeBron, but it was also disappointing because it was such a clear goaltend, and the reason it was a clear goaltend was Javale basically just rested his back on Alex Len. Like he was not leaving Alex Len at all because he was afraid Trey was going to pass it. So at that point, like we said, you know, some possessions are going to have to end that way. Trey takes the floater, and then you know the only way Javale can get to it is to just slap it on the way down, <laughs> and they didn't, they didn't call that one. Uh. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't want to get too deep in the late game. There are a lot of disappointing plays. Um, you know, Trey made the plays and win the game, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, overall they just you know, you know they they. They got to clean up some of the mistakes that they were making. Uh, okay, well, on both ends. Last last two minutes of the game, I saw a lot of tweets from from you about Omari Spellman that that left me scratching my head a little bit. Did, uh, it was just frustrating. He, he, do he you got really? to grab that rebound? Uh, okay, but that was out of his zone by by a long stretch. Like he basically no, it wasn't that? That's his man, Kuzma. Kuzma. This is what happened. Omari Spellman boxed him out, but he didn't finish the box out. And he let Kuzma – he he gave Kuzma a chance at the ball. If he kept – if he kept pushing Kuzma towards the center, he would have had a, he would have had the ball. Like, it's – like, it, it's one of those things where he assumed – like, he didn't read the ball correctly off the rim. That's fair. And, You're you know, right. He, he, had, he, he had an initially – he had an initial good box out, and but then he didn't finish the play. Like, at that point, you got to scrap – like, you okay. can't let Kuzma get a hand on the ball. Like, that's that's your ball there. You know, you're bigger. You know, move him all the way out so he has no chance. It's not like Kuzma's some, some monster rebounder. No. Um, it's just – it's unacceptable. 
He didn't and, finish. And uh, yeah, he didn't finish the play. And there was a lot of plays where uh, last game, you know, he was fine overall. Where he's just not finishing plays. Um, he's just getting outworked, and you know, it's just stuff that can't happen in this league. Like, see, see that's that's hey, the part gotta, that I took umbrage with because you were saying stuff like he wasn't physical enough in that game, and I mean, he wasn't. Uh, I don't want to oh. like I don't want to rehash this. It's just like whatever. rehash. We've never done it. Well, we've never done it. I did it last night with some other people <laughs> where I uh, who, talk, who I'm is, like, who was digging into you? Wasn't no digging in. It's just I, me and Brad. This is, going this back is and so forth. juicy that I'm literally taking a sip of my drink because this, I'm just being really smug at this point. So you're gonna hear it. Yeah, but I mean, like I I don't really know what needs to be said. Amari Spellman was one for seven. He he missed the easy layup because he got bumped off. Um, again, one of, like there's just too many plays where he's just getting beat to the spot because he's not finishing play. He's just assuming the guy's going to give up on the ball instead of you know, just finishing through contact or finishing through a play, you know, and it's just rookie stuff. Overall, he was fine. Um, what about on the, he, he spent was, a lot of the night guarding LeBron. What did you think about those situations? I thought he did, you know, well. I, I yeah. thought he, you know, he did his job. Uh, you know, the Hawks were content with LeBron taking three pointers. Um, and at the point of contact, he, he, he had a couple of stonewall plays on LeBron and, beat him to to the spot a couple of times, but, you know, LeBron is still LeBron. He's going to make that play. He's going to make the right play and, you know, make the layup regardless. But, you know, he, he did his job. Um, it's just, again, the, the offensive rebound is just unacceptable. It can't happen. Like, that that you can't give up an offensive rebound on a free throw, and it's the second time that they did in, like, the fourth quarter. It's just, just not good enough from the bigs in general. Um you know, you could say you know, parse criticism on Alex Lynn too, uh, but you know it is what it is. You know, it's just got to learn from it and move on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, what'd you think of Kent Bazemore's game? Uh, you know, it's he went up against LeBron, Team Nike, so. He always plays hard against. I mean, he always plays well against uh, them. Them boys over there at Nike. The whole so league is Nike. What do you mean? Come know. on. You don't know about this? Okay, go ahead. About how Kent Bazemore takes it personal against, uh, you know, against the big LeBron. hot shows at Nike. Just everybody oh, yeah. Nike. No, there was a piece. Uh, I want to say. I want to say. Ethan uh, Sherwood Strauss wanted wrote it about a couple years ago. Yeah, that's true. And Kent, uh, Kent admitted this about much. a preseason game. Yeah, about a preseason game where Kent Bazemore and LeBron James were going at it because you know they're you know really it was it was a preseason game, but it was it was over you know being rival shoe companies and you know Kent kind of takes it personal. Uh, and also it was against the Lakers too, who cut him, or you know they really didn't believe in him. Uh, I, they didn't cut they him. Had they, a chance they traded to, for him, and no, then they didn't they sign had, him. They, yeah, they had a chance to resign him, and they weren't interested. And you know, it's just you know, just a couple of things where you know he takes it. You know, it's it's a it's it's a personal game for him. So he came out with the force that you know we you know that that was good to see from him defensively. Something he wasn't he wasn't maybe bringing to the table, um, especially in the Detroit game, which was very noticeable. But you know, just in general throughout the, this season, 
you know, his his defense has kind of been more inconsistent than what we've expected from him as a basketball player. But it was good to see him bring it. Um, you know, hopefully he can carry that forward against his former his other former team, the Warriors, and uh, we'll see how that game goes. I mean, his defense has been pretty good, hasn't it? Like, I don't know. Like, for example, he's last time I checked a couple days ago, he's like in the leaderboard and like loose balls collected. He's somewhere in that top 10, you know, uh, loose balls collected, loose balls collected per game, loose balls collected per 36 minutes, that kind of stuff. He's, he's in there. uh, He's been aggressive. It's almost like a, a tandem thing because he's up there in the, in the loose balls collected. DeAndre Bembry is up there in in the number of deflections per game and per 36 minutes. But, I mean, I thought Bazemore had a fantastic game. I mean, I guess you said that as much too, but, I mean, he had like five steals. The third quarter, I mean, the Hawks made a run in the fourth quarter, but they wouldn't have been able to make a run in the fourth quarter if, if Bazemore hadn't been solid late in the third quarter. He kind of got him close in the last few minutes when they weren't going to be really within any reasonable striking distance. So, I I mean, I thought he was not just good, but I thought he was the best Hawk by a pretty long margin through the first three quarters. Yeah, he was great. Um, got no argument for me uh, last night. <laughs> Right, that's true. Um, but that's it's, just it's one game. A couple weeks. That's like fair. that's the that's the that's been the problem with this team. It's just you know they they'll have a good game, you know, one every one every five apparently. But the the previous four they're not they're not competitive, and it's just not it hasn't been good enough from veterans who should be better. Uh, Ken Baysmore included. Like uh, the previous two games before this was terrible from him. Uh, I thought his defense wasn't there. He took it personal against Tim Hardaway Jr. And Tim Hardaway lit him up because he was too aggressive and he kept fouling him. Um, and, you know, Bembry did a better job. But, you know, at the end of the day, Tim Hardaway Jr. won that game against, against the Hawks. You know, basically solo by getting to the free throw line 20 times. That can't happen. <laughs> um, and it's, there's, like, there's, yeah. too many, there's too much tape of Kent Bazemore not executing the scheme or doing his own thing. Freelancing, sure. He's and, definitely prone to the freelance. Yeah. And, you know, there's, there's some bad – there's been some bad tape on him, which is surprising because there's, there, there's never been bad tape with Kent Bazemore. Um, and, you know, typically, but, you know, these past – like the past week and a half or so from him, it's just not been good enough from him. Uh, it's, it's like – and he, he knows it, and, you know, he's a better basketball player than this. He'll be better, like – like everything, these guys aren't robots. Like they, they have their ups and downs during the season. So, you know, it's good to see him have a bounce back and hopefully he can carry that forward for the uh, next couple of games. Uh, but, you know, just in general, like this team is, you know, three and 10. They've had a weak schedule and they've lost games against teams. They were probably more talented than, but, you know, they, they're just having a hard, like they're, they're, they're just struggling to string together quality possessions on offense. Um, especially when Trey Young is off the floor, or if Trey Young isn't orchestrating everything on the offensive end, like they, it's just difficult for them to, to get a quality look on offense. And then, you know, 
because they turn the ball over so much, they give up easy possessions and you know easy easy shot attempts in transition. And it just bleeds. It it just it it's it. They're fighting an uphill mental battle where, you know, their half court defense on the season has been fine. Uh, it's been good enough. It's but the transition because they defense. turn it over. It's because they yeah. It's transition in particular because you know you're giving up so many live ball turnovers. You're you're just not going to be good in transition. But like, it's it, it's bigger it, than it, that it's though. Frequent. It's just the transition defense. Like the Sacramento Kings game, they got torched in transition after made buckets. It wasn't even the turnovers. Well, yeah, because they were terrible that game, and like it's, it's, they <laughs> but, were like I, I don't I don't know like the Kings just ate them up like they like the Kings I imagine were really salty about losing by forty seven last last season one really stick it to the Hawks and they did because the Hawks didn't come with it like a lot of it is they're not playing with the effort uh you know they're not making the effort plays. Um, they're not playing as hard as they need to do as a team. You know, individually, somebody will play hard for a possession, but, you know, just, you know, it's been – they're a young team, and so it's hard to, you know, play hard for a full 48 minutes. But when you when you lax for a bit, especially against, uh, you know, we talk about the Kings game. I don't know if we did or not, but, you know, Darren Fox is such a monster. Like, he's so – he's such an athlete. Like, you – like – that that game in particular, uh-huh. a lot of it was the bigs not getting back in transition, fighting for offensive rebounds they didn't have a chance against. And when De'Aaron Fox has a head of steam going up against, you know, guys his size, he's going to make layups or he's going to get a good look in transition because our, you know, for better or worse, you know, Spellman's trailing behind the play, Alex Lane's trailing behind the play, and it's not good enough for them, and it's it's just putting too much pressure on, you know, the perimeter players to play three on, you know, three on four or two on three basketball on the other end. And you're just not going to get, you're just not going to get stops. And you're not going to be able to stop a, a good playmaker in transition when you don't have the numbers to do so and you don't have the size. So, you know, and that's been, you know, it's been a you know, problem for the season. They, they cleaned it up. Um, you know, they, Again, against the Lakers, they were pretty. You know, Lakers want to run too, and they they did a really good job getting back in transition, mm. um, not going after. No, I don't know rebounds. Okay, but you're talking about the bigs. I'm talking about the. I'm. The, I didn't think the wings were particularly good last night. Trey Trey Young got caught a few times, you know, protesting calls, and then he wasn't there for transition defense. Tori, I mean, yeah, you can isolate every single like. No, I mean, where that I'm happens. not isolating that, one position. But, Kevin, Kevin, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Legs are a good offensive team. They held them to, what, 107? No. I don't know what the, their that, offensive rating was. It wasn't, no, 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 like, no, 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 no. I get to finish. Let me finish. No, come on. No, but I'm saying, like, they, like, in general, like, if, if like, that's not why they lost the game. It's They're a one-point game. It's a one-point game. Of course that's why they lost. Any mistake is why you lost the game in a one-point game. Trey Young was not – there were at least three possessions that he didn't get back because he was protesting a call. Like, that matters, and that adds up to stuff. You know, Torian Prince was being guarded by LeBron. He's got to be aware when the shot goes up, he can't just kind of stand in the corner and watch it. So, like, those those plays add up, and it's not one isolated thing for Trey Young. He did it a few times, and, you know, that that matters. There was one where he kind of half got back. He's got to be guarding Lonzo. Lonzo comes down and gets either an easy pass or an easy basket. But 
it was Trey Young's job to be there, and he just kind of got doubled up in terms of speed in the last half of the court. I mean, that, that stuff matters, and it's a reason why their defense isn't very good at this point. It's, it's not just the bigs not getting back. It's the smalls, too. Well, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a team-wide thing, but, you know, that goes to the turnover problem, which is just killing them. Like, they, they're giving up too many they, – they're giving up too many live ball turnovers. They're not getting – like, you know, it's, it's just a snowball of a lot of issues. But, you know, again, that's not why they lost the game. They lost the game against the Lakers because they were down 14 heading into the fourth quarter. Sure. And, you know, it's just – like the Lakers were getting easy buckets down, in you transition. Can't be, you can't be you can't be down double digits against a good team on the road and expect you know the Lakers are you know five by the team they've been decent this season and you're just not going to win that game uh, so and they were down that many points because they can't score like a lot of the like I hear you Kevin about the defense and I understand your point but this is the worst offensive team in the NBA they can't score uh, they don't have playmakers outside of Trey Young they don't have they they don't even have like they don't have score. Like they can't, nobody can get a bucket except for Jeremy Lin in the pick and roll outside of Trey Young. That's it. That's the, and like, and, but the problem with Jeremy Lin is that he's too easy to guard. Like he's just, he, every, every team knows what he's trying to do. He can only, he can only go right. It's too easy to, it's too easy to uh, stop his penetration when you know where a guy's going. And he, you know, he just doesn't have the burst that he used to. Still, but I mean, he's gotten better as the season gone on. But sure, you know, like and the you know the playmaking really from Jeremy hasn't been there this season. So what happens is when Trey Young's out the game, they they've got nobody who can get to the who can get into the rim, get into the teeth of the defense, and make some something happen to get a good look. Um, and it's you know it's it's a talent problem. Like they they just don't right now. Yeah, with John uh, not in the game. Like I, I like I hear you, Kevin. But like I'm, I'm I don't like I, yeah. This is not a you know the macro issue is the talent is not there currently. And like I I like I yeah I can harp on like I can harp on Trey Young's defense. It's not good, but he's 20 and he's going to make he's going to be bad defensively. Uh, Kevin Hurd is going to have games like he did last night where he just no shows. Like it it happens. Like it's this is. The young team, Amari Stone's going to make that mistake. Like, you know, if this were, you know, if this were a more veteran-laden team, I'd be, you know, I'd be like, all right, hey, you can't, you got to get back in defense on transition. You got to do this. You got to do that. Like, I, and I hear your points, but my my thing is that, you know, you can't expect the team to play perfectly if they can't get good looks on offense. Like, if if it's such a grind to where you're turning the ball over every fifth possession because outside of Trey Young, nobody else can really, nobody else can really get by their man. Like it's, it's like, it's, it's tough. Like they, they play a fun style of basketball, they, but they probably be better if they just played ISO ball with Trey Young and just having be James Harden or Chris Paul and just dominate the entirety of possession, having played 36 plus minutes a night and, you know, live with him, just him making turnovers and nobody else, you know, really touching the basketball. They would be a better basketball team if they did that. It, sure. They'd be less fun to watch. 
Trey Young would be a worse player in the long run, long run for it. And, you know, you would say that Kevin Herter and Amari Spell and Torian Prince, everybody would be worse for it. Like, they got to they gotta fight through these mistakes on offense and get better. But as is, like, I don't see the path to success on a nightly basis until they get another basketball player who can get on the floor and put the ball in the hoop. Like, I, like I you know, I sound like a broken record. I, I said it, I feel like I've said it, like, the past, like, five podcasts or whatever, but it, I mean, it's just the truth. Like it's, it's like, it's, I mean, we can argue about which tree is worse, but the forest is bad. Like right now, like, and you know, it'll get better with John Collins, but even him, like, like John Collins is just one guy. They need another play. Like they need, like to me, watching, watching this team, Trey Young can't get catch and shoot three pointers because nobody's leaving him when he doesn't have the ball in his hands. And that combined with, you know, the secondary playmakers on this team, Ken Bazemore, Tony Prince, DeAndre Bembry, they're just not good enough passers. Like, they, you know, Bembry tries to make – Bembry and, and Bazemore are decent passers. They try to make the right play, but they turn the ball over too much. That's uh, fair. And it's just, it's just one of those things where – and it's like, you know, if – there was a like if they and that combined with you know they they're not good enough scorers either so they're really not putting that much pressure on the defense so really nobody helps off their dribble drives um you know last night was one of the few times I even remember like Kent Bazemore made a hard dribble to the middle of the lane that forced base that just all and Trey Young was stationed thirty five feet away from the hoop all Alonzo Ball was right there but he took a just a hesitation step towards Kent Bazemore driving. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, Trey Young got an open look from three, and he nailed it. And it's there just hasn't been enough of that this season. Wait, hold, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Guys. So you, you told me that I can't make a generalization based on one play, but you're going to make a generalization based on him hitting a 32-footer? But that's it. Like, that's, that's an open – that's an open shot for him. Okay. He can make – like he can make catch and shoot threes from any range. He can also run back on defense. I mean, you can do that. You can like not talk to the ref and go. He's gonna. Do you really expect a basketball player not to argue with a ref on a bad call? Like every team does this. Every playmaker in the NBA history argues with the ref when a call doesn't go their way. Like it, it, it's like no, like you know, Chris Paul does it. LeBron does it. Devin Booker does it uh, from the mediocre to the great. They all argue calls. Like, should you not do it? I'm yes. Not, but, like, if, if you – like, but my point is like, – I'm not saying not to argue the get, call, but you, there's a point where you've got to say, oh, shit, I got a job to do. Got to go do it. Like, there's, there's, you got to cut bait quickly. You don't get, like, three seconds. But it's just one play. What I'm talking no, about is – No, it was, like, four plays. Offensive system. But we're talking, we're, like, I don't care that they lost the game. Like, I think that's where, like, I'm not mad at the game. Like, I'm not, I'm, you know, they played a good game. Like, sure. I don't expect this team to be good. Like, and, you know, yeah, you shouldn't argue with the ref, but he's going to argue with the ref. So, like, me getting mad about that isn't, like, that's not going to, like, I, like, as a fan of the team, like, that's, if you're going to get mad at, at guys arguing at refs, man, it, 
the NBA is going to be tough to watch. Like that's just that's just how the NBA it, is. It's not get mad over uh, it. It's you want the coach to make that a teaching point. He will. He said it. Pierce has said that. That 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 stuff matters, and he said that this is what we have to do. I mean, he's right. Okay, but you know that's not something I care about. Okay, like I care about Trey Young getting open looks from three pointer. Sure. Like the secondary want, passing on the team get, is bad. I've, I've it, it needs that to be. It has to be ago. better. Like, sure. And it's it's like so, it's guys who should be better. Like Bazemore should be making that play more often. Okay. Uh, so if you DeAndre Barry, roster, when he comes in the game, has to make that play. Like he can't. Like him driving all the way to the rim and taking a terrible layup is not going to help this team win basketball games. Or like it's going to make anybody better. Like he has to look for Trey Young when he's driving because he's got to know, hey, he and Kevin Herter are the best shooters on this team. And Torian Friend, uh, when I'm driving, I have to I have to be cognizant of where they are on the floor. Because sure. if, if their man helps, that their guy is open and that pass has to be there. Like and it it's something that that, that in general the team is not doing. Right. And that's frustrating because they're leaving points on the board by instead of making that pass, they're taking it all the way to the rim, on typically against either two defenders or against a set defense, and they're just running into trouble constantly. And it that 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 needs to be cleaned up. And Pierce is trying that, to drive it home. You if you watch their practices, like that's literally the drill. Like I want to say, when did they practice? I think they had Thursday off, and they. It was probably shoot around Friday, maybe. You know, they were literally just practicing the drive and kick drill. It's just, you know, drive and then, you know, where is this pass going to go? It was just all drive and kicks. Like, they were practicing it over and over and over again. I mean, some guys, like Bazemore, he knows what to do. He, he knows where the ball's supposed to go. He looks for guys, but sometimes he telegraphs it and it gets picked. And a lot of the times... He sees where it's supposed to go and he passes it. It's just like 20 to 24 inches off target. And so guys are catching it, not in their shooting pocket. And that's enough to mess things up. And it kind of makes it an ineffective pass at that point. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's just, that's just the talent issue on the team. Like, it's okay. just, you know, it's. Let me ask you a question you know, about I, this year. Do you, do they need a third point guard? Um, you know, maybe you could do more two point guard lineups, things like that. I don't, I don't know. Then the defense is just going to be bad in the half court. It's just one of it's one of those trade offs where maybe you know maybe Lloyd Pierce, um, you know, just tries to get Jeremy Lin and Trey Young play more together when he can. Uh, when he can get away with it, but because both are bad, just really bad, it's just hard. Like I, I can like I can see you're saying like, they're bad it, defenders. One of those, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. And, I'm just yeah. To put two bad perimeter defenders, and it, it's just tough. It's just tough on like on him as a defensive first coach to put out lineups that just don't have a chance to get in the stop. Uh-huh. Uh, so like I can I can see. I can see that being difficult for him, um, but you know, maybe that's something he he'd look at. But but the but the issue is this, like, you know, 
it goes back to you know because Jeremy Lin can only can only uh, you know get to his spot as a as a scorer off the pick and roll like he's like there's, there's like there's only so much he can do on the floor that that that'll be a good look for him um, whereas it's just been like the the playmaking that he was his first year at Brooklyn just hasn't been there, even you know, when, even when he's with Trey Young on the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, it, it's it's just you know he's he's working himself back in played basketball in the basement over two years now. So, you know, it, it's it's just a struggle with him to come back. Um, I don't really know what a third point guard would fix. What they like to me, like like I I tweeted about this a couple of days ago, like. Like they could really use um, Evan Fournier or somebody of that caliber, like of mm-hmm. offensive talent. Sure. Just a guy, a, a wing who's an offensive, like you know, who who's who can dribble and pass a bit, just enough so that you can run the offense. Uh, you can run the offense through in spurts through him. I'd like to see the Hawks do a little bit more with Herder on that end because he does have the talent to right. do it. He can do it. He just have I mean, uh, he hasn't hit shots. That's the weird thing. Like he's a good shooter. You can tell that he's he's I mean I I don't think he's going to shoot like this for the whole season. I don't think he's going to shoot like this for his, you know, career, but I think once he hits his shot, he kind of becomes that Fournier like guy. Yeah, you know, I think he I haven't looked at his numbers, but I feel like he's been okay shooting. Like the issue is that he doesn't get enough volume up. Okay. So he's really not putting the pressure that somebody of his talent level should be putting, considering that, you know, he really doesn't need the screen to get by his guy. Um, The problem is when he gets by his guy, he invites him back because, you know, he's, he's doing, he's, he's not, you know, he's, he's jumping off of two feet instead of one feet, one foot. And he's shying away from contact, and, and when you're doing that, you're kind of just nullifying the advantage you create off the bounce. So it's too easy to defend him when he beats his man off the off the dribble. But you know he'll get there. Um, like a it's it's early in his career. Um, last last night's game was kind of the worst game of his of his early season. He's been pretty like to me. Kevin Hurd has been really good this year. Sure. Oh, he's been overall, but yeah. Yeah, um, really on both ends. Yep. Uh, it, like, even though, you know, he went 0 for 6, it was good to see him get six shots up in 12 minutes. That's something, you know, like yep. he was shooting five shots in, like, 29. That's not – that's just not – for somebody of his talent level, like, that's just not good enough. Right. Considering he can dribble. Like, like to me, like, I would love to see him just take some, like, go hunt your offense. Like, go <laughs> get yourself some looks. Like, all right, you can't – Where is he going to learn how to do that? Uh, you got you can learn it in the NBA. It's it's just. I was kidding. You know, it's just uh, you know, all these things just take time. Uh, you want to see? You want to hear a no, weird bro, stat? Been, go ahead. Uh, the defensive rating when when Jeremy Lin and Trey Young play together, it's uh, their defensive rating when they play together is eighty nine point two. And the offensive yeah, rating is could... 88.3. They're a net negative, even though the defense has been really good. What the? That That's bizarre. I mean, it's been in, like, how many minutes? It's Less than More than 50? 30. Yeah. But 
Less than fifty. Yeah. Yep. So it's it's like. I mean, everything is it, like it could that be. though at this point. Yeah. So it's, I, you know, it's not much you can make of it, but you know, it is on, on the defense. And it can be said that, like, even like last night, Lloyd Pierce did get Trey Young, Jeremy Lin out there when he could get away with it. Right. Uh, and so that could, you know, that could, you know, indicate the defensive numbers. The offensive sure. numbers is just in general, like they they can't score. So, <laughs> you know, I don't know. I never really noted it but for the record, but I'm I'm not as as low uh, on Jeremy Lin's offense as you are. I mean, I, part of it is you know, he's playing a lot with Bembry, and Bembry has been really really good. And we've got a a listener question about Bembry in a few minutes, but he's not that strong off the ball, and so that that creates you know some difficulty for Lin trying to get things in the pick and roll that go beyond just the two man game. Yeah. Like the pick and roll has been fine. Uh, like Lynn gets, you know, his in the pick and roll and this, the big usually gets theirs in the pick and roll. It just never seems to get to the other three players. But when you have a non shooter like Bembry, that's part of the reason why, I mean, Bembry has been pretty good shooter, but they're not really respecting his shot, so to speak, even if he's been making it. So he doesn't have the gravity yet, and it, I think it's just a little bit choppy in that in that regard. Yeah, but you know, Jeremy Lin's just not as dynamic. Like Trey Young's. Just I mean, more you, dynamic if you compare him to Trey Young, sure, of course. But I mean, yeah, Trey, but, but Trey Young's the thing, at the 99th percentile even, in, in dynamism. Yeah, but but the issue is that with the offensive talent currently on the roster, right? You know. They they need Jeremy Lin to be a bit better, uh, specifically like causing havoc when he gets into the lane. Okay. Like outside of outside of floater range, like he, like he, you know he's getting like his his individual offense has been good. Sure. But when he's on the floor, they can't like the Hawks just aren't getting good enough offense. Uh, it's just not. It's not like again. It's not all Jeremy. Right. Jeremy Lin. Right. Well, it's just, you know, it's the nature of the roster. Sure, that's uh, fair. You know, it's it's just the offensive talent on the roster is not really there. Uh, you know, it's only so much he as an individual can do, you know, without the corresponding help. You know, and again, you know, John Collins should help with that in the sense that, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, the Hawks will have a big, they'll, they'll have a big that they can rely on when they get the ball to, It'll make something happen right. uh, that's positive virtually every time. It won't be like, you know, you don't have to worry about, you know, him dropping the ball or him missing the layup. Like, he's kind of automatic once he gets it. So, you know, and it's... When you slide you know, Collins in, that's also going to take Poitras out. And Poitras has been magnificent defensively, but offensively, he's a drag on the offense. Yeah... Just because, you know, outside of him in the corner, it's just not, you know, he's just too inconsistent, uh, you know, in in the sense. And he's also kind of learning a new position. He's kind of been a wing all his life, and now he's, you know, powerful in size. And, you know, to me, he's been, you know, he's been, honestly, probably deserves to play a bit more. But, you know, with the offensive struggles the team has, they just really don't have the talent, offensive talent to get away with playing portraits as well as, Right. The other guys are playing, so 
it's just one of those things where, you know, it's just a trade-off. Um, but, you know, uh, you know, when John Collins gets back, you know, a lot of things will change in the sense that the Hawks can, uh, you know, they can, they can put out more dangerous lineups offensively uh, sure. while also maintaining some, some level of defensive composure. Uh-huh. Whereas, you know, when they go – when they when they go with Spellman at the five, you know Spellman's been okay, but Collins is a much better defender at his stage of the career of his career, and you know he's just a better he's just a better overall basketball player. And like currently, when the Hawks are really trying to go for offense, they got to put Spellman at the five. But even then, Spellman, you know he's he's too inconsistent as a finisher at the rim, even though his shooting has been really good, especially for yep. a rookie yep. uh, so far. So. That's been a plus, but, you know, outside of catch-and-shoot threes, it's kind of been, you know, it's kind of been he's a rookie. It's, exactly. This, this is what happens. Like, you know, it's – Yep. You know, it's, you know, it's not like I'm, you know, right, harping on him offensively because offensively overall he's probably been the best big offensively. Um, just, you know – Yeah, maybe if, you know, if not the whole season. Started, has a, yeah. Yeah, I mean they've played thirteen you know, games. Started, he he learned those first few games, and he's better this week than he. I mean it, it's because he's a rookie, but he's better this week than he was last week. That that's how fast he's growing. Yeah. So if so you take the season that, whole, a, Carter might be better, but like right now, Spellman's probably one. You know, a better option on offense just just because he's learned over thirteen games. Agreed, uh, and he, you know he's a he's a more fluid shooter. Than the other, like Deadman Lynn can make that shot, right? But Spellman, like Spell, it's a natural, it's a natural shot for Spellman where he's sure. getting it up, and it, you know, there, there's a difference. Like you have to stay on him, mm-hmm. whereas the other guys, you know, you know, other teams currently will live with Spell, Spell, uh, with Lynn and Deadman, you sure. know, making three pointers just because, you know, one, you know, they're decent at it, but they're not you know, really proven, even though Devin did shoot 40% last year and two, like neither get the volume, shoot enough three um, anyway to really be that damaging. So it's just, it's, it's just a push and pull on, on that front where, yeah, felt like, you know, Lynn and Devin are probably are better basketball players overall, but, you know, with the offensive struggle this team has when they need a bucket, they go to these Spellman lineups, but, you know, the downside is that the defense gets a lot, you know, it gets worse. And, you know, Spellman, Spellman does an adequate job, but there's, there's just some things that, you know, he, he just falls into as a rookie that, right. you know, aren't just aren't avoidable, avoidable. One is that, you know, it's the same thing I've been saying. I'm sure I'm repeating myself at this point, but he's still doing it. It's like when he sets up, just kind of one-on-one out on the perimeter. He Somebody has the ball and he's guarding them. He's just not close enough. Like he's one step back further than he needs to be. He just needs mm-hmm. to come up and he's got to trust his help a little bit more. I know he doesn't want to get beat, but you're, you're already beat if you just let a good shooter take a shot right over you and you're just one step too far too back. Yeah, and, and you know, to be fair to him, John Collins had that issue last season too. So sure. that's not, you the know, that's a not a... Yeah. Yeah, that's that's but you know whereas Collins I think it was more you know, John he kinda 
maybe overestimated his athleticism a bit. With Spellman, I think he doesn't really trust his feet, where he doesn't want to get beat. like he like That's in fair. his mind, a layup is is worse than an open three pointer. Right, and he doesn't trust his feet. Right, and when he does get up, he gets real handsy. Like he'll he'll reach his hands out, and so he he'll foul way too <laughs> right. easy. So it's just it's just it's just a compounding thing with him where because he doesn't trust his feet to be there, uh, even against guys who aren't that good, you know, aren't that good of a ball handler, you know, you know, there's some guys where he's giving open threes. Like if you close that hard, you know, they really don't have a counter, you know, and, you know, I guess one thing that he could learn is that even if you do get beat, that doesn't mean the play is over. Like you can always fight back into the play. Yep, and can, that's just something just, you got to learn as a rookie where, hey, you get beat, but you can still, like, you know, ride, ride it back and put some pressure on him that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. you know, again, he's a rookie. He'll get there, uh, hopefully. But, so you know, overall, Spum has been pretty solid. All right, you ready for, for our listener questions? Two of them are mm-hmm. kind of similar, so I'm going to consolidate. The first one is, who has been the better player for the Hawks up to this point for the season between DeAndre Bembry and Torian Prince? No, I would really... It's closer than it should be in the sense that, you know, while it feels like, it feels like Bembry's been better, and I, and I feel like the Hawks have played their best basketball with Bembry on the floor just because of how hard he's playing defensively. Correct. Uh, his inability to make layups and free throws has just been a kill. Like, that has just killed him sure. um, as a basketball player. Like, it is, like it's, it's, damaging. it's damaging that he can't, you know, he just can't finish the looks that he's created for himself because they're good looks. But, you know, like – if he's shooting below fifty percent from the from the at the rim, like that's just not, you know, in the NBA, that's just not good enough. Like and it's he's just getting hard. Really good it's looks. hard to be. Yeah, and it's it, it's just hard to be a good basketball player in this league where you know Torian, you know, we can rehash all of Torian's issues all day, but you know, teams still respect his jumper from three. Uh, you that's know, important. They both turn that, the ball. That's over been really much. important for Trey's development, like. As bad as it has been, like when he just kind of takes the ball from Trey and doesn't give it back, like it's still valuable to Trey that that they have that good a shooter out there on the floor with him. That's why he's getting into the lane and and having space. Yeah, and he, I mean Trey's been a great finisher at the rim this season because yep. you know he's always playing with lineups with shooters. Like he's never like you know the only non shooter he plays with is Bembry and Plumley, and you know. Lloyd Pierce makes it a point to never play those guys. Like he tries to limit, you know, how much those guys are playing together. So mm-hmm. you know, Plumley and uh, Plumley yep. and uh, Bembry. So the, the, you know, and if I you only it. got one non-shooter, that'll that'll work. And even with that, you know, Bembry's been good enough as a three-point, you know, catch and shoot three-point shooter this season. Uh, you know, it's you know, it, it it's been it's been you know this. Ben, the positive thing with Benbury is the shooting's been there, the defense has been there. Like when Benbury and Bazemore on the floor, like the Hawks look really good defensively. Like they put they put pressure on on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. They get after it. They get after loose balls. Like it's been great. Yep. 
uh, when those two guys are together. Or even if it's been hurt. Yeah, yeah. Same same if it's hurt. Yep. Uh Uh-huh. The thing, uh, you know, and honestly, between the three of them, Herter, like to me, Herter has been through the season the better basketball player just because, uh, you know, even though he's not shooting enough at the same time, the if, before last night, last night, again, last night kind of kind of cramps his numbers a bit, but before last night, he was really good mm-hmm. uh, throughout this season, and he brought the intensity defensively that Torian Prince doesn't bring on a per-possession basis. Like, when Torian wants to be good defensively, you know, he'll have some great defensive possessions and right. he'll show off why he was, you know, a lottery talent. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, they're just too far. Between. Well, it's not like he's dogging it every possession defensively. It's just like he just has too many lapses, right? It's just exactly. one of those things where, he, like, even in a possession, like, he'll play some good, he'll play some, you know, damn good defense for, you know, 20, 20 seconds, but then the last four, he kind of, you know, he kind of loses the plot a bit and, and gives up an open, you know, three-pointer or gives up a backdoor cut because he's not, you know, he's just not finishing the play. So, mm-hmm. and it's just been, it, like, in general, Torrey, it's just been too many plays where he hasn't back turned to the ball mm-hmm. um, this season uh, just because either he thinks the play is over or he's given up on the play or whatever the reason is, like, he's just kind of kind of spaces out and that's you know for somebody of his offensive caliber because while he is a very good catch and shoot three-point shooter you know he, he he's just not you know that gifted with the ball in his hands especially without you know his john like again like his his pick and roll numbers will probably be better when john collins on the floor diving to the rim at the same time he turns the ball over so much right now it's just like it's just hard for him to be good offensively like it's hard to see the positive that he brings with his shooting when he's just not being really smart with the basketball because his turnovers are probably the worst on the, of the team. That's fair. Just, just because it's, it's him getting him. It's him not reading what the defense is trying to take away and, uh, and just, you know, getting himself in trouble and then just throwing it away or, or making a bad decision. Like it's just, it's just him like not reading it and then at the same time um being too slow like like you say he he stops the ball a bit got takes a couple dribbles um one too many um in general like but you know again to be fair to him and even to be fair to everybody on this team like it, it it's just been tough um they really only have like currently on on the team they only got one guy who would consider a good score and that's Trey Young Right. The rest are the rest. You know, it's just not. It's just not in their basketball DNA to score. Like score. Like they're they're good basketball players, but you know, scoring isn't a strength. Like they're they're either okay at it, or they're or or worse. Like there's really like it's just not there. Um, you know, Herder might have the talent to get there eventually, but he's young. He doesn't trust his body physically. And he, you know, he, it's too easy to knock him off the spot um, as an offensive player. But, uh, you know, in, in time, and you know, when he, when he uh, builds up his muscle base, he'll get there. But, uh, you, know, it, you know, it's just like in general as a team, it's just been a struggle when Trey Young 
isn't, you know, generating the offense. Or if Jeremy, like if Jeremy Lin has a mismatch, like he, he's like Jeremy Lin has been really good at attacking small point guards or guards who are bad defenders. Um, but if a good defender's on Jeremy, it's just too easy to stop whatever he's trying to do as an offensive player. Okay. Um, so did you did you like, to, that, if we backtrack now? Wait, we get in sidetracks. Remember the question was. Who's been a better player to this Did point in the, the season? Question? Bembry or Pierce? Or Be- Bembry or Prince, sorry. Right. How'd I get Pierce in there? Uh, I'll say overall, Bembry, even though, you know, <clears throat> I mean, but that's more of an indictment on both of them because, you know, while Bembry, man, if he would just make these layups, he'd be good. But Or e- even if he was just bad at it, but he's, or like just so you're saying Bembry is better despite the missed layups. <sighs> <laughs> it's, it's hard. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, do you want the left uh, half of the painting yeah, or the right yeah. half? Oh, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say this. Yes, because at the end of the day, you know what Bembry, like, you know Bembry's going to play hard every possession, every minute he's on the floor. And, you know, Paul Latorian's gifts as a basketball player, he's a more talented player. Right, uh, but, but he hasn't been better. When you don't, but but yeah, he hasn't been better, and you, you just don't know where his headspace is from a from a possession to possession basis, and he's just been more like if he were if he would just play with the effort level he needs to play with, um, you know, he'd be much better. Uh, but you know, right now, you know, when his shots fall, not falling, he. he like the defense kind of goes with his jumper. Uh, so, and then that just, that's just not like in the NBA, you just can't do that. Uh, yep, so. that's fair. All right, so let me ask you this follow up question then. Uh, this is from Jam Nacho One. Uh, this, is, this isn't the separate question, this is more the corollary question, which is as someone who had high hopes for Torian Prince this year and still love him, as a 24 and three quarter year old who, in not shooting well and with Lower usage proves to be very detrimental at times with bad defense, bad decision-making. What's Prince's long-term future here? And should Kevin or Pierre start? Uh, Pierre, of course, Kevin, being DeAndre Bembry. Yeah, DeAndre Bembry. Uh, no, nah, Torian should still start. Uh, you know, he's the more proven player. Like, he's be- Let's get this. He's a better basketball player than this. Uh, his jumper will start falling. I think it already and, has, hasn't it? I mean, it seems like he should. Yeah, okay. yeah. It it has, and he's been like he's been better since he came back from the ankle injury. Okay. Uh, he 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 just had a really bad stretch, and you know Torian has these bad stretches. Last season, like he had a what was it a two month stretch where stretch where he was just terrible, right? Okay. On both ends of the floor, and he was just like he was just in a mental rut, and then he kind of came out of it to end the season. But you know he 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 has these stretches of bad play. Okay. As a basketball player, but you know, but, overall, but what's his future? Like, I mean, does he fit with this core? Like, let's see, this is his third year. He'll be eligible for an extension at the end of next season. Is or not just I'm sorry, I shouldn't say that. That's that's not that's totally the wrong phrasing. What I mean is he gets four years on his rookie contract. Um mm-hmm. so he's gonna be a restricted free agent at the end of next season if if there's no extension. Uh you know, uh, is he a restricted free agent that you bring back? And at what sort of, you know, price level? And again, prices change, could change so much in a year and a half. But like, 
is is this somebody that that should get priced into a big contract as part of the core? I guess is really the question here. I guess it's all of this is too early um, to make you know any you know to make any real basis on that end. Right. Um, but it it probably can be said that if you if the Hawks do draft a talent at his same position, uh, they shouldn't have like you know, you know they they should like you. It can be said like if they if they find somebody better than him like in the draft and you know you do it without you know hesitation and you keep it moving just because you know he, he while he is a better basketball player than this he's probably not you know. He's probably not the all-star caliber basketball player that maybe you want, but, you know, it's not to say that he can't get there, but, you know, with his age and just his, you know, his offensive talent. I mean, he's a good basketball player for the game. Yeah. 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 Does he ever make an off? Like, does he ever make an all-star game? I don't, I don't think he does. Yeah. As it probably not. Um, But, you know, again, it's early. You know, it's 13 games. Like, this opinion could change by February. And again, you know, I, I'll you know bring this up again. Like with Torian, mm-hmm. he was a in general, he was a lot better last season when when he got more when Dennis Schroeder kind of got excised from the team. Right. And uh, you know, he was like Torian had more ball handling responsibilities, but really it was more that there was more spacing on the floor for him. Mm-hmm. And combined with John Collins was putting so much pressure at the rim on his pick and rolls that he was getting, he was just getting better looks at three from on his um, when he when he was uh, doing fair. pick and roll with uh, John, and sure. that hasn't been there. Like that that mm-hmm. option just hasn't been there for right. him this season. Um, he, but then that that just speaks to his, you know, that just speaks to his caliber basketball that he's so dependent. He's dependent on yeah. another. Yeah, yeah. So like. I don't know. It it's it's early. Um, we'll, we'll come back to this one know, in a it, month it, and see what you think. We'll let we'll let yeah, Collins get healthy and then you could tell us the answer. That's fair. No, but I mean we can we can put it this way. It, uh-huh. You know he's not he shouldn't be blocking anybody. Um, if her if Herder was playing a demonstrably better than, um, you know maybe you start you think about starting Herder. Uh, but you know as last night showed you know Herder. You know he has his follow books too as a basketball player, sure. um, and so it you know it's you know it's tough with Torian. Um, you know he's a hard guy to figure out. You know some you just wish he played with a bit more effort uh, consistently over you know when he's on the floor. But you know he he is a good basketball player. Last year he kind of showed that he is a starter caliber wing and those. Those are valuable in this league. Absolutely. So, so it's you know it's just one of those things where it's like you know it, he's been disappointed to start the season, but he's a better basketball player than this. Um, is he a like is he a is he set in stone as the as a core member of this core? You know, no. you can quibble with that, but then you you can say that about a lot of guys that aren't named you know Trey Young. Uh, and you know, I would say John Collins too, but some people would argue against that. Uh, yeah. um, I think Trey, John, and Kevin Herter are are the three that feel pretty safe. 
yeah, so, you know, and even with, you know, it, it's just one of those things where it's like, yeah, but I wouldn't give, like, I wouldn't give him away or anything like that. Oh, no, no, no. But if he becomes too expensive, like, it, those are, these are the tough decisions that, you know, Travis Lane's going to have to make right. uh, during I mean, this upcoming offseason. If you want to keep him, pay, the money's got to get paid before the Hawks, before the Hawks are going to be good, too. Like, that's, that's, yeah, the, that's I, the problem. Do you, do you want to play, pay Torian Prince more than 15 plus million a season? That's what he's really. probably going to take. Not really. So then do you trade him? But then what do you get from him? Do you get a like, team you know you're not going to pay him? That's right. So, like, you know, these are, these are kind of difficult discussions. Like, right. you know, do you trade him during this trade deadline? Because, you, you know, even if he does get better, do you, do you really want to pay that, pay him that money when he's going to be, what, 26? When it, when, when it's extension kicks in and the rest of the team is sub 24? three at that point I, uh so you know i guess part of it's old. a weird thing is like part of it's going to have to depend on like your projection of what happens this summer because so many teams are going to have room this summer for free agency are they going to use it all up you know what's the market going to be like in prince's restricted free agency summer because that's you know if teams go nuts this summer like they did four years ago in, in the baysmore dwight howard summer if if teams go you know bonkers this summer and they don't have any room next summer that helps you in restricted free agency if teams get mm-hmm. shut out of the top free agents and go oh no we don't want to we don't want to commit to you know tier b overpriced free agents as opposed to the superstars you know if they get really cautious and then a lot of teams have room in the summer of 2020 um you know then it's going to be a different thing when Torian Prince hits free agency so it's a lot of it's going to depend on what, what happens this summer. All right. So yeah. I, and, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's a lot of projecting. It's going to be a lot of projecting on their end. And like, we'll see uh, when, you know, when Torian starts playing better, uh, maybe we'll have a better feel for this, but. Okay. So here's one more question. And it, it, uh, again, from Jim Nacho one. Um, and it, it kind of, it, it's probably a good time to tie this question in because it kind of hits along the same themes here. And it's, you know, you, you look at what happened with the Jimmy Butler trade and Minnesota got Dario Saric, Robert Covington, and I think a second round pick. Mm-hmm. So, you know, based on that, his question is how do the possible trade returns of our vets change based on the Jimmy Butler trade and based on the, the new values is, is keeping some of these players more valuable than a full tanking sell-off? Um, I don't know. It depends on the desperation of the team. Uh, so, you know, these vets. I mean, who, you know, who's they, the most marketable vet from the Hawks right now, like, for a team uh, that's interested? Probably Gedman with his contract combined with his, you know, how good he is as a basketball mm-hmm. player. You know, okay. starting caliber two-way center. So let, let's let's say Deadman and, and Baysmore. Like, what's a fair price for those two? Like, because I think you know those those are the two most desirable veterans that the Hawks could sell. And um, you know, is that a price, price that you'd want to take? I mean, you you 
probably take Deadman at any price just because you're, you're in all likelihood not going to resign him. Right. Uh, but with Baysmore, it's complicated because on one hand, he is a starting caliber wing. Absolutely. Uh, and, and a two-way wing. Mm-hmm. And he's a type basketball player that certain uh, teams that have title contending hopes need. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, not just the Rockets, it's the Pelicans too. Like, they need him. They need him more than the Hawks need Baysmore. So there is some leverage that the Hawks can, can play at where, you know, there's just not that many caliber wings on the market. Okay. And while he is overpaid, you know, Hawks can take back, probably take a, a bad salary and maybe get a, you know, a protected first round draft pick or, you know, two seconds or something of that caliber. But, you know, it's not. Uh, let, let me just say this about the, the Jimmy Butler trade. The, the Timberwolves got two starter caliber basketball players for uh, a guy who wasn't going to be there next season. And both of those guys, you know, Sarich, you know, he's going to have contract negotiations, but Covington's won one of the best contracts in the NBA. So, you know, that was a, that was a pretty good return, all things considered. They They had... I don't know if they really have better offense. Like people say they do, they did, but you know, that's, you know, teams just don't like, we saw like, if, if folks remember, um, if folks remember um, when the Hawks had Paul Millsap, uh, you know, and you know, his last season, like teams just don't, teams just don't give up, you know, what you think is a good piece for, guys on expiring deals, they will give up something if you're willing to take back terrible money. Right. Um, you know, something that the Pelicans and, and the Rockets have, uh, uh, the Rockets do have, Fair. these guys on, you know, bad salary contracts that aren't really helping them win. Right. That the Hawks can replace for, but that's going to cost, like that, like, if the Hawks are willing to take all money, they'll get a first round pick for, you know, Bazemore and Deadman. Uh, but, uh, if they're not willing to take all money, they're probably the most you can you you'll probably get is a second round pick, um, and that's that's just how that's just that's just how you know the, the NBA is uh, what in regards to trades. Yeah, that sounds right. I, I mean, the only thing I would disagree is um, as much as I like Covington's contract, I'm just not sure how good he is. I I don't know. I I've, I don't think I've ever disagreed with an opinion you've had more. Really? Because Robert Covington would be so. Robert Covington is good. Like he's a good defender. He's a good defender, uh, and he can shoot. But and he, he doesn't. And he doesn't turn the ball over. Like I I don't I don't need like if and if you got star just players kind of, around him. There's something about it though. Like okay, he doesn't turn the ball over. I mean, does I don't know? It seems like. Just so many of his possessions end with you know with a shot. I mean, I don't know. I'm just not sure that he's a net positive for the offense. Like he, not I don't believe in him as a playmaker with the ball in his hands. I don't I don't really believe in him necessarily as a passer. I believe in him as a shooter, maybe. And, and, and you know, like you say, he doesn't turn the ball over a lot. And I believe in him as a defender, but. When you put all that together in an offense, you really got to have some other good offensive players around him for, like, really good offensive players for that to work. I mean, I don't know. 
I don't think Minnesota has it. I don't know that he's going to be a great fit necessarily there. I mean, they've got Cat, but he would be a like, he would be an awesome fit if the Wolves ran an offense, but they don't. So <laughs> you might have a point there. But to me, like Covington's a good basketball player. Like that's not even. I guess. I mean, I I hear I hear you, but it's like like he's the atypical three and D wing, and that's what. That's what every team, you know, needs to build, put their stars around. I think we're like, seeing the league change more, though. Like, 3 and D isn't enough anymore. Like, you, you've got to be a, a really good passer or just an unbelievable shooter. And I think he's kind of a shooter. Like, he puts up a good percentage, but he doesn't necessarily command respect all the time. I don't know. I don't know that he has the gravity that some other shooters with his numbers have. Well, no, he doesn't have the gravity of a J.J. Redick. Well, no, not, not even close to that. But, like, even even a couple, you know, a tier or a tier and a half down from that even. I don't think he has, like, that kind of gravity. I think, I don't know. Even still, his defensive value is, like. Yeah, his, his defense is good. Question. So, yep. it's, I agree it's with like, that. and he, he's getting paid under, like, he's getting paid $10 million a season. Like, yeah. I, yeah. And, I mean, and he's a starter. A star, starters are getting started. NBA starters are good basketball players, yep. and they get paid fifteen plus million a yeah, season. Yeah, and that's about to be uh, seventeen. So, so his like contract, just, yeah. I mean, his contract's good. Yeah, his contract is great. I just they got Sowers too. Another like just like the Wolves, like that's two starter caliber players that for one, and a guy who wasn't going to be there next season and was kind of hurting them. Like they weren't playing better with Butler on the floor like they were last season. Like Butler, you I know, don't. He, I don't really believe in Sarge either. I don't know. You're 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 higher in Minnesota's hall than I am. I guess overall, you 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 warm me up to Covington because I always have kind of like Covington. I just it just feels like the league is changing away from some players, and it feels like the league is changing away from him a little bit, just in his offensive one dimensionality. I, I that's about as best as I could put it. I I don't know. We'll see. Man, give me Covington. Give the Hawks Covington and Sarge, please. Like I, I don't fair. know. Like I hear what you're saying, but give like if the Hawks had those two guys, uh, they'd be a much better basketball team. Like today, uh, they would not be three and ten. Uh, really? Like that's not yeah. even because like they're both good. Uh, the Hawks don't like you know it's a young team, but they don't really have. Guys, that I mean, like Sarch. Sarch is so positionally limited too. Like, just he's a power forward. That's it. But I, I just don't see a whole lot of number value. one. That their lineup is yeah. the best. That's right. Oh yeah, group that's in true. The NBA, absolutely. Like by a lot. Yep. And but I I put that on Redick and Embiid though. I don't put it on you know Covington's defense, Simmons's playmaking. Redick and Embiid. Like, I put it on that. Sarge I don't really put it on Sarge. Sarge's positional defense. Fine. Is, it's like. I don't know. Kevin, like, good young basketball players aren't just freely available for guys who are on expiring deals. Like, the Hawks, the Hawks didn't get anything close to this deal for Millsap. Sure. Oh, of course. And, you know, Butler's a better basketball player, but. Yes. You know. That's true. They're both. They were both. 30 plus. They, they didn't get this deal for Al Horford. You can argue that Al Horford is a similar caliber player to Butler. Mm-hmm. This deal wasn't available for Al Horford at all. Like, they were, the Hawks would have took this deal if they had it. Um, if, well, you know, I, I been, and Horford. I would have been disappointed then, too, then. 
I, I'd rather just take my chances on signing than free agency. Like, I, but they're both like in the they're both either in the prime or about to enter their prime where you know the top ten guys exiting it. So, like, I hear people being disappointed, but Covington you know, that's, feels that's like the a, league. A, yeah, Covington's fine. He's a competent NBA player with some. Pronounced skills. Sarich, Sarich is kind of a a yawn to me. I don't know. He's it's just that's where we go. All right. Wait. Oh my God. I've got to look at how long. I think we've gone way too long. Is there anything else that we have to yeah. hit on? No. <laughs> <laughs> but I really appreciate our questioners from the listeners. I feel like we had better structure because of that, especially you know late in the podcast. I think that was good to come back to those and. And get structured, even as we became unstructured again. All right, what are our three key words here? Uh, subscribe, rate, rate, and rate, review. There we subscribe, go. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Subscribe, rate, review. Thank you, Tyler. We'll have to do this again. I think we waited too long, but schedule's been kind of brutal. I've spent too many too many nights at State Farm Arena, which I can't complain about, but it, it does keep me busy. But again, no, soon. I mean that's that's, it again that's soon. that pays the bills. I don't, I don't like. Yeah, I don't, it pays the bills. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't pay that many bills. Well, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm not some, some small bills. But it's, they, it's, they pay some bills. They, they pay, pay some. some bills. That's right. They pay some bills, and and I very much like doing it. But you know, then you end up doing that instead of other things. Yeah. All right. So all right, Kevin. Do it again soon. See you, man. Mm-hmm. Bye.